to another week of It's Just My Thoughts, and I'm your host, Mika Reeves, and y'all, it's officially one year that I've started It's Just My Thoughts, so this is my one-year anniversary this episode, uh, so we're at episode 54 with this one, and I will say that this has definitely been a journey. I'm going to give a recap to start the show just on the year and just kind of some things that uh uh, I feel were my favorite episodes and then I'm going to also say what was your favorite episodes so I also want to say before I go into what I think everybody's favorite episodes were that I do want to thank everybody for you know all my listeners that started from the beginning and some of the new ones that's popped in and so I want to thank you for listening and supporting the pod um, all your feedback has been greatly appreciated and so I just look forward to many more year guys so Let's just go into um, what I thought was my favorite episodes for the year. So my favorite episodes probably was, um, let's see, episode 33, uh, Soulmates versus Soul Ties. And then um, let's see, some recent episodes was episode 50, uh, Black as Fuck with Jumante. And then we had episode 52, Mastering Beliefs with Maddie. And then my other favorite one was episode 49, So Are We Good or What? And that one I think I was talking about um, when is a good time to let go of friendships. So I enjoyed that one. So your favorites and my some of my top streamed episodes were uh, episode 18, The Nature of Colorism. Um, that's actually my top episode that's been streamed and then um episode 50 with Jamonte black as fuck and then episode four the state of rap is actually some of my top ones and I have a few of them that's kind of close to the same numbers but those were pretty much the ones that you guys enjoyed the most which is kind of interesting I will say that when I first started this I didn't really know um how this show was going to go or you know um uh, all I cared about was that I wanted to stay consistent and I wanted to make sure it was something that, um, you know, I do every week and, um, just stay on top of it. And so, um, that was my first goal when I first came into creating the show was just like making sure that no matter what, like I always put out a show and I stay consistent and some shows I think are better than the other ones, but for the most part, um, you know, I've enjoyed every single one and, um, you know, I use some of these episodes as, you know, honestly like a level of therapy for me so it's just been kind of nice just being able to just talk out some of the things that's in my head or talk out some of the things that I might have discussed for the week and that's usually how my thought of the weeks come about so it's been cool and I'm looking forward to uh you know many more episodes but I thank you guys once again for your support so I wanted to start there so let's just jump into motivational Monday and black excellence so for motivational Monday I have a tweet and it's actually a really, really good tweet too. Let me just find it here. All right. And so this is from positive vibes. Um, so on Twitter, they are at incredible views and I really like this when I saw it. So I wanted to share it today. So here's a tweet, how to save your heart in 2020. One, you should never expect, you should never demand, you should never assume Two. Know your limits, know where you stand, know your potential. And three, don't get affected, don't get jealous, don't care what others are doing. 
And uh, I like this and I thought this resonated because when I think about just kind of how I am present day, a lot of these things um, kind of speak to me. And I think one of the main things that stick out to me is that um, to know your limits, know where you stand and know your potential and don't care what others are doing. You know, if you kind of have that intact along with everything else, um, you'll probably be on the right path for things that you're trying to accomplish for yourself. All right. So my black excellence this month, let me pull it up here. So Bevel, which is a popular beauty brand specializing in grooming tools, hair and skin products for black men. Well, they are offering free mental health services to the black community. When I saw this, I was like, oh, that's pretty dope. And so what they're doing is um, they're aiding in resources that can, that can support the community. Um, the company has partnered with Headspace and that's an app providing guided meditations. And right now they're offering 30 day complimentary passes for, um, for users. In addition to the guided meditations, those who sign up will also have access to premium package programs with, which include toolkits that help with focus, anxiety, and stress relief. Um, I think this is pretty cool. And I will say like right now, like with, um, there's still some areas that's still pretty much in lockdown and, and not really, you know, still not going outside the house. I mean, we've been in lockdown for, what, what, how long has it been? When they, they pretty much started shutting stuff down like in March and, um, just having your life altered for this level of time, I think it's hard for everyone. That's actually what I'm going to be speaking about a little later. And so I think it's been hard and difficult for everyone. So being offered this program, I thought that was pretty cool to, um, you know, offer that for free. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So that was my black excellence for the week. All right. So we got a little bit of, um, hot topics this week. Um, I saw this one article that I wanted to talk about the day cause I thought it was pretty cool. Um, for, I gotta, I gotta find it here. Okay. For the hot, one of the hot topics. So I saw this article and it's about this Atlanta team and he raised $160,000 for black businesses damaged in the pro during the protest. So his name was CJ Pearson and he's the founder of last hope USA an organization and initiative that supports black owned businesses that have been adversely affected by recent events. So basically he went out and he started, you know, he handed some of the black businesses that was, um, affected and, and severely damaged during the protests in Atlanta. And he gave up to $160,000. Like, I think it was like 10, some of the checks, like $10,000, things like that. He split them up with all the black businesses. I always get, um, I always want to celebrate when I see the youth doing things because, in this generation, like when you actually see young people actually doing selfless things for other people, you kind of have to acknowledge and you have to say something because I mean, we just live and it's no knock to the younger generation, but this younger generation is just a lazier generation because they have so many, so many things that's easier for them than it was for everybody else, you know? And so when you see them actually doing things and doing things for other and, and acts of kindness, um, I always want to acknowledge it because it's important, you know, it's important to acknowledge. So, uh, I should probably should have made him my black excellence this week, but I thought, you know, this young man was pretty, this was pretty awesome and just do something so selfless and raise his money for the businesses affected. I think it's pretty cool. All right. So let's just go into some celebrity stuff. So last week I talked about, um, B Simone. So she's still trending. I will say I, this has to be like literally the worst month for her 
thus far because she is just getting like raped right now, like over the coals for everything. And so, um, and I just feel like whoever is on her team, I don't know. It's like, to me, I feel like what she's running to is like a level of like tone deaf. I just feel like it's, it's just really tone deaf. So I told y'all last week how she had this whole like plagiarism, like issue or whatever with her book. So then she goes on, to, um, on Instagram, I think this week, and she announced that she was creating a free webinar for aspiring entrepreneurs to teach them about the dangers of copyright infringement and more proper business practices. So they can basically learn from her mistakes of what just transpired with her book. And it's like, in theory, you know, yeah, like that's probably nice, but it's like, I think the fact that she has all this shit going on and it hasn't been, it hasn't really been like the most positive thing. It just like, it's the wrong time. And it's just kind of like, I think it's kind of tone deaf considering like you just got caught for selling books with plagiarism, you know, with plagiarized content in it. And so it's just kind of weird. Like, so, you know, everybody was pretty much kind of like clowning her or whatever. And then also another thing that, you know, has been trending right now was the fact that they pulled up um, a podcast that she was on horrible decisions. And I think the episode was on 2017. I actually watched the episode um, where she and the co-host was like, and they were doing it in jest, but they were like talking about, uh, they were basically calling, um, you know, people in the trans community, you know, the T word. Um, I'm not going to say, cause it's pretty derogatory, but, um, you know, uh, trans people usually are, are a trans person or something like that. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, this is the same thing I said last week. Like, I think when you have a platform and no matter how big or how small it is, like you still should just be mindful because you never know like how your life in some kind of way could take a turn, you know, in 2017, like, yeah, she was doing all right. But, you know, compared to what she got going on right now, like she's a lot more popping now. And so granted, like, do you have moments where you could learn from these things? I I do hate cancel culture. I said that already, but I do understand how, like, I do feel like you should be mindful of the things that you say. Like, I don't know every single lingo out there. I'm probably not always politically correct, but I try to be as politically correct as possible because I would never be want to be offensive to somebody else and somebody else's um, journey or story. And so I try to educate myself as much as I can in regards to what might be the proper ways to say things or the proper terms or contexts to, to, you know, hold people in. And I just feel like, you know, a lot of people dismiss it saying like they were just playing, but I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's some things that's not funny because people struggle with their sexual identity and their gender identity and things like that. And they struggle with, you know, how the world treat them especially the black trans community who you see, you know, this year alone, I mean, the last few weeks, it's been so many like deaths and just, you know, just crazy shit. And, um, yeah, it's scary. And so a lot of times, like I couldn't imagine basically having a truth that, um, and feeling a way, you know, as far as like, you know, me being in, a body or skin that I didn't feel comfortable in being in, or I didn't identify as, and then you're trying to step out and be yourself. And you have a world that basically feels that your life don't matter to where they're going to take your life. Um, I don't know what that feels like. And so I can never take away that experience. And I, and I also think it's horrible. You know, when I saw the, um, 
the um the protests and the walk for um trans lives and um that was just recently in new york i think um i thought it was beautiful because i'm like yo like it's if you actually like pay attention to this stuff it's crazy to the levels of how you know trans women um you know disappear or kill especially black trans women you know definitely and um i watched a video i think a couple weeks ago i can't think of the lady's name but she was attacked inside of the gas station. It was like five, six, seven guys maybe. And they were just like completely, um, you know, like attacking her, like beating her ass in this grocery store and in this gas station. And it's just the level of just toxicity towards it. And the, the fact that people feel like these people lives don't matter, um, based on their gender identity. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm never going to understand it. I don't understand it. So I think as I've grown up, and become more just like, um, more outspoken on the things that I think in, in my head and all that stuff. Like the more I'm just like, and become more aware too, like, you know, and less ignorant, the more I'm just like, yo, this is fucking horrible. You know what I'm saying? With the way that, um, the people in the community are treated. So I think you gotta just be mindful of the things that you say, because just because it's not somebody maybe directly in your life or something that really pertains to you. Um, it is real and people do, um, have feelings and people are directly affected and people have fears and things like that. And so we can't dismiss those things. So I don't know. I hope it gets better for B. Simone, but right now, eh, I don't know. It's not looking good. So I've been excited this week, even though I don't know how this is going to turn out because, uh, I do want the sports players to be, um, safe you know, cause, uh, you know, we are still in the middle of a pandemic and it's fucking crazy. And, um, but I am a sports fan. I have been dying without sports. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, life has been pretty boring for me, you know, so I've had to just read a lot and I play a lot of NBA, uh, 2k 20, you know, trying to make up for not having any sports. So I was really glad that the NBA is coming back. Um, I think they said it's coming back July 31st and they've already put out the schedules and all that. A thing that I found was interesting though, I was telling my friends today, um, they're basically creating this, like, uh, this ring that I think all the players like have to have to wear. And I think they're going to be down, like kind of like at a facility in, in Orlando and they all got to kind of be together, but they wear these rings. And I think these rings are like, kind of like have sensors in them and it kind of like, uh, uh, tells you, or alerts if you've been in contact with COVID or if you have COVID symptoms or something like that, something like that. And more than likely it probably has your location on there because they're not supposed to be able to leave this facility. They're supposed to all just kind of like be there. So, um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this goes. I strongly doubt people are going to follow the rules considering we this week have seen people like literally, uh, protesting wearing a mask. And so the fact that people literally still don't want to wear a mask, um, something as simple as a mask, it's not that serious, um, to go into areas that require a level of, um, uh, social distancing that you might not be able to get. Um, I strongly doubt that you have these, these people, you know, um, with millions and millions of dollars, that's going to just follow the rules. I just strongly doubt it, but we'll see how it goes and we'll see if the NBA gets to finish out. I hope so. And, but I do most importantly, besides me missing sports, I do want it to be safe. And that's what I do kind of like, you know, I, I'm conflicted because like I do want my sports, but 
I don't want it in the, in the, in the expense of like somebody's life being put in danger or something like that. Because, um, I think they tested the players and only 16 tested positive right now. That's in quarantine out of the 315 maybe or 50 or something players. So it actually wasn't bad. It was only 16 of them, but and so right now they're in quarantine, but it's all, it's fucking scary. It's all unknown. It's all craziness. So we're going to see how that goes. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about was the issue with Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is an African-American, um, NASCAR, uh, rider. I'm sure by now everybody has pretty much seen the controversy going on. So I'm going to kind of give an explanation and this is going to be just Mika's version of what happened. So Bubba Wallace, you know, he's been speaking out about the Confederate flag and all that. And NASCAR actually has, I, I, I will say this much. NASCAR has been pretty legit. And I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was surprised. And I was surprised from the standpoint of like, NASCAR is pretty, you know, you know, it's NASCAR, you know? So they got the Confederate flags and they got this and they got that. And, and, you know, and, uh, they have just their, um, you know, their audience, you know what I'm saying? So I was actually kind of surprised that they were like, really just kind of like in solidarity, to be honest with you. Um, and I think they, they, besides like the premier league, the soccer league, I feel like the NASCAR has been more just ride or die for like, you know, black lives matter and, and just the cause than shit. Some of the other players, I mean, especially the NFL. And it's kind of crazy to me because the NFL definitely has a color issue, but large majority of the people in the NFL are African-Americans. So it's kind of interesting, but, um, I felt like with, with NASCAR, they really have, um, yeah, they really have stepped it up and been like, nah, we're not, we're not for the, for the shits or whatever. So that's, that's been pretty cool. So Bubba Wallace, you know, he's been speaking up. So he goes into his garage and there's a noose hanging in the garage. So this is where the story gets weird and people that don't know the information, they all, you know, saying that he lied and all this stuff. Cause he didn't, his team actually went to NASCAR to say something in regards to the news. NASCAR was the one and whoever else was the one that went kind of like to the public with it and was like, we're going to look into what the fuck is going on. Like, why does he have a noose in there? So then the FBI comes in. The FBI comes in. Mind you, this is nothing to do with Bubba Wallace. You know what I'm saying? This is his team and NASCAR and all that stuff. So he, so people were saying like he was lying, but he wasn't lying because it had, you know, he's just telling what happened, but it had really at the end of the day, like nothing really to do with him. So then when NASCAR came in, um, sorry, when FBI, when the FBI came in, they said that, oh, well, this has been hanging for, um, this has been hanging here since last year. So this is, so this noose has been inside of his garage before he was occupying this garage since last year. Okay. But here's the thing before I go for it. Um, but why don't people find it weird that it's a noose hanging in the garage? So, you know, it's that in itself was just like, why don't you find that to be weird in general? That's not okay. So then when the, um, the FBI, they basically came back and was like, you know, they, they said what they said. And so when they went and looked at the other, um, people garages, they're basically saying everybody has this rope in their garage, but it wasn't true. Actually, once they did more in detail, because people had ropes to open up the garage, 
but his one was the only one that was in a noose. So here's the thing. At first I was like, okay, so what's going on here? When I saw the video of, a, of the fucking noose hanging there as a black person, like being for real, that shit would have triggered me. Like I would, I would have been like, yo, just looking, just looking at that. So do I think that he probably had every right to kind of be freaked out whether or not that was his first time noticing shit or not? Yeah. Like you would have been fucking triggered by that shit. A noose hanging, you would have been triggered. So I thought it was weird that people are all like, oh, you know, he's making a big deal. He's not. And that, that noose hanging there in general is definitely problematic. And I don't think it was coincidence. I don't think that, yeah, I don't think any of that. I really don't because he was the only one, he was the only garage that had one that was shaped as a noose. And I don't really think it was coincidence. And so, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I talk to my friends about this all the time. I'm like, you know, it's 2020. And you would think that by now, right, that racism and shit like that is still not a subject but america is so deeply rooted in fucking hate and racism and you know privilege and superiority that like people you know cannot fucking get past themselves like the level of how in the last couple weeks how many people are so outspoken now like literally like to the point of like they are just in your face with their hate and they don't give a fuck at all. And the only time that I feel like people actually give a fuck is when something happens, like they lose their job or because somebody videotaped them and now they've gone viral. So people around them or like their family see how disgusting they are in their behavior. And now they want to cry and apologize. Yeah. You don't have to cry and apologize because you more than likely already fucking felt that way. And this is you just being who you are, but it's just sad that like, we are having to have a heightened level of conversation. Like you have no idea the levels, the heightened level of conversation that we've had in our home um, with our kid. You know, he's about to be 18 years old, go off to college. And like, it's fucking scary. You know, the level of conversation and the level of worry that you have, you know, for, um, you know, your black child. And it's, and, you know, my, you know, I have a lot of friends that, you know, are all different, you know, races, but we all, and we have this conversation because the reality is we all have different realities when it comes to, um, how we have to raise our kids. And I think our, all of our friendships work because we don't sit and make it seem like things don't exist. Like we know things exist and we know that it's different realities and it's just unfortunate. It's really, really, really fucking unfortunate. Like I, it's actually kind of exhausting. And, um, just moving into the thought of the week. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to kind of discuss this week and just, um, some of the things that, you know, we've had going on. And so I wanted to kind of like take a minute and talk about, um, for the thought of the week, trauma and anxiety. So let's just get into that. So for the thought of the week, um, I want to just kind of just speak really briefly just about just managing trauma and anxiety right now. Uh, I'm be honest with you. Like, you know, I don't have anxiety. I might get a little bit of anxiety for my TV shows, but I don't have like, you know, anything that's been diagnosed or anything like that. But, you know, since COVID has been here, um, I have felt like that 
even if, if it's uh, subconsciously, I feel like my level of anxiety has definitely been increased, definitely been increased. And um, just the everyday things that I felt was just normal things to do, like i.e. go to the store or go out for brunch with friends or things like that. Like, you know, it's been altered. You know, my for me, like I cook and my favorite thing to do is actually to go to the grocery store. I love walking around the grocery store, um, all of that. You know, it's my favorite thing to do. And so now that, you know, we're in the middle of COVID and things like that, I feel like I get angst, you know, and get worried, you know, being in the grocery store. And so for me, like, um, that's really, you know, altered a lot of things with myself and just being in the house this whole entire time. You know, I had a conversation with my friend today, um, with Brooke and, and even my, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law, they were in the middle of creating, um, their own like, uh, wellness program. And so they were in the middle of, of like working towards hours to get their license and things like that. And so like, you know, they use the gym, like they're, they're gym goers. And my friend Brooke, like she's not an outside runner. Like she's a, she's a gym goer. And so, um, you know, she, um, you know, they're, they're all, they're affected, you know, not being able to, you know, go, um, to the gym. And so, and they don't, and they don't, um, they don't like it. And so, and sometimes I'm like, I didn't, it took until today, really. I had this conversation today where I was like, oh my God, you know, it's just a gym. You go outside, do whatever. But the thing is like, if this is your everyday routine, um, and this is what you're used to doing, like the fact that you have change and we've had change for a long time. We've, we've been in the middle of COVID and not being able to do stuff for going on what March, April, May, June, June, almost five months. And so, um, that's really hard. And so my first, my first uh, thing that I've been telling people is like, you know, disconnect, find some hobbies, still try to work on, um, still try to work on like, you know, uh, things that, um, like your goals and things that you're doing, try to focus on the positive. You know, I've been spending a lot of time reading. Um, I don't really watch TV as much. So I've been trying to just do other things to kind of keep me busy. So I've been working on, you know, obviously my podcast and working on other things that I'm working on. I'm actually in the middle of creating another show, um, with, with another set of people. Um, so, you know, I've been just keeping myself busy, but I'm not like it, you know, everyone's not the same. And so for some people, especially people that live alone, you know, being in isolation and being by yourself for a very long time and not leaving. And then some people are able to work from home, thankfully, but you never leave that space. That shit is hard. It's definitely hard. Like for me, like I, I worked for home already, but then I used to, you know, go out for book club or go out to my run club or, you know, go out and meet my friends. And so when all those things changed, even though I was used to being at home, it started feeling suffocating, just being completely at home. Because now I, even with therapy, I wasn't leaving the house to go to therapy. I'm having therapy over the phone. So I'm still at home, you know, doing those things too. And I never was leaving the house. And so I started like having to take mental health days from work, like take a PTO day and just try to decompress, you know, go for walks, go for runs, or just like, you know, do some other things to kind of like clear my mind or whatever. And so during this time, it's probably the most time that I've taken, you know, like I think a couple weeks ago, I took two Fridays off in a row and then, you know, I have time off this week. And then at the end of this month, I took time off just because like, yeah, I think I have a level to be honest. I think I'm struggling myself just a little bit and I still do therapy every month. 
um, like every three weeks now it's pretty much been and um, things like that and I've been journaling and things like that but I mean you know being able to keep your sanity during this time is hard because you're everybody um, you know everyday routine is off you know you, you're at home with your family the whole entire time and all that stuff so um, the best advice I can give during this time really is just like trying to what I've been trying to do I've been trying to just um, recreate a routine and so that's what I've been doing and it's been kind of working like so I go out and I go running like on like during midday like I'll leave for my lunch or something like that and I'll go for a run outside just to break up the monotony of being in the house um, I'm still doing my book goal so that's kind of helped me stay honest with like just reading books and just kind of like being immersed I've actually tried to be more uh, mindful of the books that I read too. So I haven't really been trying to read like too many heavy books. Like I have some books about slavery, like during that time and all that. And I kind of been waylaying those some because I've been trying to not read something too, too heavy to where it's going to have me just like, uh, you know, sad or depressed or something like that. Um, or just, you know, just, I need something more upbeat to kind of get me, you know, in a better place. And so I've tried to be mindful on even the things that I'm reading, even when it comes down to me, like trying to pick up a video game and things like that. Like I haven't really been trying to play too much deep shit. I'm more so been trying to play like, you know, some of my sports stuff, like some stuff, like I don't really have to think I found some new podcasts to listen to that doesn't require a high level of thinking, like not some of my like scholarly stuff I listen to, but just some like light, you know, funny stuff to listen to. So I've been trying to do more stuff that's going to be more relaxing. So what I would suggest during this time, um, if you're in therapy, definitely continue your therapy. Um, definitely do that. Uh, and also if you feel like that you may need to talk to somebody, um, I would definitely check with your job benefits because a lot of jobs do offer EAP. Um, and that's where you can get uh, therapy for free through your job. So, you know, if you can't, you know, if it's something like you can't afford or something like that, like, you know, or you're not really sure whether or not therapy work for you, use the program and just get it for free and just see how you feel about it while you're getting it for free. And then, um, if it's something you feel like you want to continue doing then keep continue doing it, or, you know, if it's something you feel like you need to pop in for maintenance, everybody's not a therapy, you know, every, every, you know, every month for the rest of their lives type people, some people just need maintenance. Or if it's times they're going through something, they need to go. I think this is a time that everybody's experiencing something, being honest, because I'm pretty much like the most, I'm pretty solid, you know, when it comes to like my mental health. It's something I take really fucking serious. It's something that like I can tell when I'm off. I can tell when I'm like down. I can tell when I start feeling sad. So like I'm pretty on point when it comes to that. And so for me to say like I've had to be really, really intentional, I've had to be really, really intentional like for real. And I, I never take time off work, but I've even just been like, look, if you struggling to get through the week, take, take Friday off, get yourself a three day weekend. And that's what I've been doing. And it's been working for me so far. And so also I wanted to speak on real fast and briefly, cause I didn't want to keep this too long today, but I want to talk about just trauma. Right. And, you know, especially, um, just as an African-American out here, like as a black person out here, um, I think the level of trauma that's going on right now uh, is something that can go, you know, something that can affect your mental health as well. Um, Right now, you know, we're still seeing protests and we're still seeing, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I feel like the level of how you constantly see videos of black people being killed, black people being beaten, you know, shit like that. Like, it's so just, just fucking tragic, you know? I mean, it's so exhausting, you know, to be completely honest. Um, Brianna Taylor, you know, she was an EMT worker and she was in her home sleep with her boyfriend. The cops bust up in her house, you know, and mind you, they bust up in the wrong house, shot and killed this woman, shot her, I think eight times, seven, eight times, killed this woman in her home. They still haven't arrested officers. And this is what's even more crazy. Like just the mind fuck behind this whole thing. <laughs> they create Brianna's law and sign in a law about how they basically are going against the, um, they're going against the, 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 the way that the cops, um, bust up in her house. Like they, they're taking that away or whatever, where you, you can't be able to in the going forward, you can't just unlawfully enter people homes and shit like that, like the way they did it. But you're saying that basically what they did was wrong and you're acknowledging what they did was wrong, but you still haven't arrested the officers that murdered that woman. I mean, it's like that right there is trauma because it makes you afraid at, you know, as a, especially as a black person that if something was to happen to you in this world, are you even going to be properly, you know, even considered or treated fairly? Cause that's some bullshit. That case in itself is bullshit. I get disgusted every day that goes by that nothing's happened. I think they ended up firing him or, you know, some of the people, but like, but you killed somebody in their home while they were doing absolutely nothing. Fuck firing. Like you murdered, you murdered them. When, when is something going to happen? You know, you see Amar Arbery, the one I spoke about a few episodes ago and you know, they're the, yeah, they indicted the people for murder and all that, but we're, we're about to be in July. This, you know, he was murdered in February. You know, it's just kind of like, it, it's scary where I feel like at a young age, you know, my parents had to have conversations with me about, you know, how you may be treated in this world that people may not like you because of the color of your skin and things like that. And so we, you know, I had to have those conversations now that I'm older, you know, and, uh, I have children in my life, you know, I had to have those conversations with them, like, you know, and it's not like conversations that, you know, a white person had to have with their kid. Like, you know, we had to sit and say, please don't put your hoodie on. You know what I'm saying? Please, you know, if you see something that if you're in a, in a position or an area or whatever, where you feel like something seemed unsafe, please call us, please go home. Like, you know, it's just crazy shit like that. Like even down to when you walk the dogs, you know, Please, you know what I'm saying, make sure that you look appropriate. Please, you know, make sure that your pants are up to your waist and so no one don't even want perceive you as a threat or perceive you as, you know, a tragic person. Like, even though, like, he's the most clean-cut kid you can ever imagine, but we have to have those conversations because we don't know if one day he could be outside and somebody just perceive him as a threat just from the color of his skin. And um, it's trauma. It's trauma. And to be honest with you, like... I do a lot of praying in regards to this, right? And um, I'm one of those people that, you know, I always call myself a loose Christian where 
I do a level of praying and I do believe in God, but I also believe in, you know, doing things to, you know, try to, um, keep my sanity, you know, my mental and I do therapy and things like that. And I try to have these conversations to kind of hash out in my mind, like what exactly it is that I feel. And so it's like, you know, I don't really know to be completely honest, um, how to manage the trauma sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't know when we're going to live in a world where the shit is fair and equal. I don't know if we ever will, to be completely honest, you know, um, I think it's sad that, you, you know, even though it's a necessary conversation, I think it's sad that we have to have conversations about people won't like you because of the color of your skin, you know? And, and, you know, the way that I have to like keep my head on a swivel with people and the way that I have to like, you know, sit and, you know, study people and worry about their intentions or what are they thinking or, you know, how do they perceive me or, you know, like just things like that. Like, it's just, it's just crazy when you think about it. And it's so unfortunate. And I don't really know what a solution to it is, to be completely honest with you. Like, I try to think like, what can you do for that trauma? And I don't know. And that's one that I really don't know because I don't know when, when racism and when shit like this is going to go away. So you can't, I feel like you never can not worry about it as a black person, especially. And I feel like you never cannot talk to your children about it because I think the worst thing you can do as, you know, a child of color or anything like is have your kid walk out into this world and be naive and be ignorant to what the fuck is going on out here because you can be naive all you want, but you know, you never want your kid to end up hashtag being completely honest and half these kids that's ended up hashtags. were doing absolutely nothing. Look at Trayvon Martin. He was walking home from the convenience store, you know, so you just never fucking know. Like, you know, when somebody going to pick the day to fuck with you and that's what's scary and that's what causes the trauma you know, because it's a constant level of worrying that you have to do. And I, and I don't, and I don't really know, you know, I don't really know how do you get past that? And, um, these are, this is a question that, you know, when you guys listen to this, like, give me feedback in regards to what, to what you think, like, what do you think that you, that you can do to get past the trauma or to maybe do you, or do you ever feel like that you ever would would not have a sense of worry? Cause I, I don't know, you know, I know for me, I worry, you know, because I've seen it and I've, and I've been witness of people just fucking with people for no reason. You know, I went to, um, my school, my, my college that I went to, so like a predominantly white school. And like, I've had times I'm walking, to, walking to class and I've been asked for my student ID, you know, my friend that went to the same as that school. She never had that experience. She was white and I'm on campus with a book bag too. And I've, I've been stopped and asked for my, you know, my college ID before to make sure like I belong there. Like I was supposed to be there, even though like, I'm like, well, I don't even understand what the fuck's going on. And so I don't know. So I've had experiences all throughout my life. And so I guess for me, like just having that at a young age and just having those conversations with my parents, I've always just kept my head on the swivel. So I want to know your thoughts in regards to this, or, you know, I want you to share your stories with me. Like as far as like, um, if you've experienced a level of trauma, how are you navigating it right now? If you have kids, like, are you having a heightened level of conversation with your kids? I'm just curious to see, like, how are you navigating that? Um, do you shield your kids from all this stuff and kind of keep them in the dark? Or do you kind of have those conversations about what's going on? Me personally, I have those conversations about what's going on because I think it's important to know. 
um, and kind of talk about it as a household. So I just want you to share your thoughts with me um, in regards to the thought of the week this week. Um, that's all I have. Uh, I want you to give me some feedback and I want to know your thoughts on just trauma and what we're experiencing right now with the movement and just what you think. And if you've experienced anything right now, like what have you experienced? So, uh, you know, hit me up. You can find me on Twitter and it's at IJMT podcast. You can find me on Instagram and it's at, uh, it's just my thoughts underscore podcast. And you can find me on, uh, email too. You can contact me through email and it's IJMT podcast at gmail.com. Um, also you can find my podcast on most streaming platforms. I just recently was added to iHeartRadio. So I think I'm on pretty much close to every major streaming platform. So definitely, um, follow, like subscribe. Um, you know, you can always give me feedback, but subscribe so you can get the new, um, episodes alerts. Uh, it's every Monday they come out, but, um, I thank you so much for listening today. Like always, it's Mika here and I appreciate you.